Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Well, it's obviously not Tuesday, and uh, we do not have a beer for this uh, special edition of Yolitics. We uh, put this one together quickly uh, because of the events unfolding in the Middle East, and obviously uh, it always impacts Texas in some way, or Texas plays a role, uh, and it affects Texans when you get down to it. I've never been to the Middle East, but it's 7,200 miles away. Baghdad mm-hmm. Airport, where the U.S. drone strike assassinated the uh, Iranian general Qasem Soleimani, is 7,214 miles from Dallas. But you know mm-hmm. what? Guarantee you, even though it's that far away, it's going to impact folks here. It's going to impact your wallet. You don't have to be in the oil industry for that to happen. These events make this world a heck of a lot smaller than people realize. Yeah, you start talking about money and all of those miles disappear. All right, so in studio we have Derek Kinney. He's a personal financial educator. He's in Arlington. So, Derek, welcome to Yolitics, first of all. Thank you. Great to be with you both. So our podcast, we normally drink a beer and talk about politics. Right. That's but you came on an unlucky day where yeah. we're talking about money day. and not drinking. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> happened there? You have a water, and Jason, you have a, uh, a <laughs> seltzer water, water. And I have nothing. Yeah. I'm thirsty today. <laughs> The stock market is at a high right now. Yes. Um, retaliation, though, from Iran is likely to happen. So I think the big question is, should I cash in and sit out on the sidelines? Or secondly, is it, you know, should I sell stocks and buy bonds? Or do I ride it out? What are you well, telling people? You know, right now, retaliation may be high as well. And that's what got people thinking today, especially. Think about 2019. Markets, that's all-time highs. People mm-hmm. are feeling good. Nice Christmas holiday. Suddenly, kawam, here's this breaking news today. And we saw the market down right now, over 200 points. going to finish down for the day. But one thing investors should keep in mind is, look, is this the start of a long-term trend Or is this a blip on the screen? And one thing that we've seen is things in the Middle East aren't able to be put into a nice, neat box. They tend to get messy very quickly. And one thing we know is that volatility continues and begets more uncertainty. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more volatility over the next couple days as we begin to see a strategy begin to take shape on the U.S.'s side. But also we begin to see how Iran may retaliate. And not just toward us in the U.S., but at the other partners that we have trading-wise throughout the entire Middle East area, it could be a hotbed for the near future. Well, Derek, let me ask you, how do I know if this is the start of a long-term trend or if this is just a single issue? Well, what we want to look at, first of all, is what else is happening. If you think of it like a kind of a layered uh, type of a game, if you will, the foundation right now, the economy is pretty strong. Jobs numbers look good. People feel good about saving. Their jobs are pretty secure. So if we were to see a lot of those things in flux, we could see the market a lot more volatile, but there's a stable foundation right now that's being built on. If we were to see, for example, additional airstrikes on the U.S. side, if we were to see additional airstrikes or other retaliatory initiatives on the Iranian side, we may see the market be quite a bit volatile. But think about this. We're also going to see other markets overseas volatile as Mm -hmm. well. We saw oil surge today. Airline stocks, for example, are down quite a bit. Why? Because the cost of oil goes up, the cost of fuel goes up, it's going to cost them more to operate. So from an investment standpoint, if you're looking at some of the stocks and say, hey, I wanted to buy that while it's down, could it be in a buying opportunity? Possibly. That's how I would think right now is more from an opportunity standpoint as opposed to a run to the hills perspective. Well, let, let me ask real quick about that. Airline stocks, defense stocks, oil funds, should I be looking at these right now? So I always 
preface that by saying, look, we don't want to base an entire strategy on one event today, but as part of the long-term strategy, a diversified portfolio, right now we see defense contractor stocks up today. Why? Because you follow the logic. If we go to any type of a war type perspective, those companies' products and services will likely be used, therefore the stocks go up. For example, a lot of financial stocks today are down mm -hmm. because there's worry about, my gosh, if there's war, if there's issues like that, people may spend less, they may hunker down a bit, therefore those types of stocks go down. So as I tell my clients, if you follow the money and more wisely follow the consumer, that will often lead you to more financial success. Derek, isn't this all about timing though too? Because you, you let's say you see a stock that's going down substantially, uh, you also want to avoid that whole scenario of trying to catch the fall knife because you don't know if it has bottomed out yet. That's right. And that falling knife is often very, very sharp. When it's talked about at the water cooler, it's pretty dull, but it gets sharper on the way down. Huh. So one thing you want to think about is, what does this mean for my portfolio? For example, if someone listening right now is in a 401k and every paycheck they're adding money to it, mm -hmm. this doesn't have a big consequence to them except when they're putting money in, their share price will likely be down. They can buy more shares, although the value is gonna be lower. Mm -hmm. So one thing to remember is, look, if someone is 60 years old listening right now, am I concerned? Maybe more concerned, but it's all about your monthly income. For someone 20, 30, 40, this is a good opportunity to buy while things may be down. Derek, do you get the sense that most Texans probably don't even look at what they're in, what they're invested in, especially if it's a 401k that we're talking about, and it's something like this that makes them even open it up maybe for the first time in, in months and go, what am I in? And should I panic and start selling since the market looks like it's going down? And who knows, does this continue? Yeah. Here's what I find. What I like is the set and forget approach. And most 401k people are like that, where they set it up, they never even know what they're putting money into, the money goes in. What often happens, and you make a great point, is when emotions kick in, when we begin to think we're smarter than we are, what helped a lot of people make money last year was they did nothing, they didn't even open their statements, they just mm -hmm. let the market go up and down. But when they begin to think, oh my gosh, what does this mean to me? They begin to make often some irrational and unthoughtful financial moves that can actually cost them had they just ridden the entire thing out. So it's a good thing to sort of not bury your head in the sand, but to kind of let that thing be over there, let it play out over the long term, unless you start to see like massive movements, like huge troop movements and day after day, big falls in, in the stock market. Right. Keep in mind, when you think about any type of retaliatory situation, a war type initiative. If the economy itself is doing well, we're likely going to see the market drop and then bounce back up again. But if we see several things together, if we see this worry and we see jobless numbers that are worse than expected, and we see manufacturing down and we see worry about the economy, that could cause a long-term detrimental effect to the market. Right now we're seeing only one of those, which means we're gonna see volatility, but it may likely bounce back up again. The key is going to be, do people feel comfortable and secure and do our allies feel those same emotions as well? Hmm. Now, now, that's the lesson that you tell your clients. At what point, though, do you get concerned, Derek? Well, I'm always concerned. <laughs> Are you really? I, I live in a state of worry. I'm sort of a paid worrier as a financial advisor. But what I'm looking at is what could happen and what's the likelihood of it happening. So part of my job, I think of myself more as almost a wisdom filter in terms of how do I dispense wisdom to my clients with all the barrage of information out there? What actually helps them move their ball forward? Right now we know, look, we're going to see the market drop because there's worry and there's concern. 
we just took out one of the top people in Iran. And because of that, there's going to be a lot of concern and uncertainty there. What I think the next steps will dictate is how worried should people be? Oftentimes you think about the Middle East, and I'm not a Middle East political expert, but what I see from an investment standpoint is this. It tends to drag on because there's no clear boundaries to it. That's That's an understatement there. The the Middle East has dragged on for decades. Is is there anything at all in your personal portfolio, without giving us too many details, or you're you're not trying to give advice to anybody today, but did you change anything in your personal portfolio today because of what happened overnight? No, no. And and what I would tell people listening is that's the same advice we give our clients as well. We have been talking about, look, if the market dropped 10 or 20 percent, how would it affect your portfolio? Because the market's been at an all-time high. And so doing those calculations, we didn't know what would cause it. That's what we don't know. Mm-hmm. But when something happens, clients are prepared to know, okay, if I drop 10%, the income uh, effect to me is very minimal. Those types of issues, we tend to move the ball forward. You didn't even opportunistically jump in there and buy something? Well, right now, because I was taking care of clients all day today, there's no time really for my money. It's all about them. That's rough. But... In terms of the overall perspective, I think right now we need to anticipate more volatility. And keep in mind, January, minus the Iran issue, tends to be more volatile anyway. Mm-hmm. And because the market's at an all-time high, it tends to be volatile. Here's what I've told clients, though, and those listening can benefit. This is a really good time to pay stuff off. If you've got debt, college debt, credit cards, a mortgage, and you've got gains in your account, Nothing more depressing I have found in doing this 24 years and making this money and then seeing it evaporate without having paid stuff off. Hmm. So I encourage people, talk to their CPA, see if it makes sense, but this could be a good time to capitalize on some of those gains before, if we were to see a dip, before things dip down quite a bit. I want to ask something about the specific timing of this airstrike there at the Baghdad airport that took out the second leading uh, figure there in Iran, uh, considered by many. it came on the second day of the year. Uh, I just got done seeing an article about uh, you know the first five days of the year and how that sort of sets the tone. And generally, when markets are up in those first five days, it sets the tone for the entire year. And they said something like 80% of the time, it, portent- or it, it sort of predicts what the year mm. is going to be like. Does it matter that something like this happened in what is a very watched time period this first week of the year? The timing is very interesting, but I think the U.S. perspective was we need to respond quickly to show a a period of strength here. Keep in mind, what we have going for us this year is rarely have we seen an election year where the market is down. Hmm. Historically, it says that the S&P will likely be up later on this year. Most economists are calling for that as well. But... As we know, with Trump, there's always a level of uncertainty. With the market, there could be uncertainty. So I think over the next week or so, we're going to get a better indication as to what this may mean. Is this a long-term concern? But what it does do is we may contain this issue now, but there's going to be some lingering tension and worry among investors as to when could this bubble back up again. And then the lesson to take away from this, I think, is there are are opportunities in the market right now. There are defense stocks, there are oil stocks, there are airline stocks, and who knows how many others that might be an opportunity for people to purchase. And what I would say to that is you want to make sure you're basing the decision on what's best for you, not what's best what somebody else told you to do. Mm. So if you're already thinking about, I like this stock, and suddenly now it's 10% off, just like if I go to Target, that big screen TV, suddenly it's now 
thousand dollars off, I'm more likely to buy because I've already wanted it. Mm -hmm. I know the quality and now I'm going to save money. So as long as it's best for you, the investor, I encourage people to really give those some careful looks. And maybe don't guess too many steps ahead because there are lots of factors that you can't predict. That's right. Even highly paid money managers miss it most of the time. And so you want to make sure Most of the time. They they do. Hmm. They do. I mean, rarely do mutual fund managers beat the S&P 500. Wow. So we have found even just buying indexes right now, for example, is really the way to go. Yeah, index index funds. Mm -hmm. Well, Derek Kenny is a personal financial educator in uh, Arlington. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate you joining us on Relatives. Great to be with you both. Thank you. Well, that was fascinating. Uh, I feel smarter just after listening to that. I I know what to do now. I feel like I know what to do now, even though he wasn't giving us financial advice. But, you know, so many people in this state, you're from Houston. I lived there for eight years. Yeah. People make their money off of oil. And I guarantee you, not only the folks out, the roughnecks out in the West Texas oil patch, Midland, Odessa, but down there on the Gulf Coast, they are watching what's happening and the next moves. Yeah. And for in this state in particular, oil is the first thing that a lot of people think about when something happens over in the Middle East like this. We we wanted to start off by talking about the consumer impact because that affects our bottom line. But, you know, oil affects the bottom line in all of Texas. The industry uh, sent more than $100 billion to uh, state taxes, state royalties here in Texas in wow. 2018. More than $100 billion. Wow. So oil touches everything in Texas. With that in mind, we thought, you know, maybe we need to check in because you hear this whole notion that, well, you know, we're producing so much oil here in Texas now. Texas is the third leading producer in the world behind Russia and Saudi Arabia. We're third. So since we're producing so much, aren't we insulated anymore from what's happening over in the Middle East? Can't we afford to, you know, be a little bit more strong arm uh, over in the Middle East? Maybe not. Uh, so we got uh, Ed Hers uh, on the line with us from the University of Houston uh, to tell us what's going on oil-wise when we think about what's happening in the Middle East right now. Well, the mood uh, coming out of 2019 has been, uh, uh, my goodness, I'm glad 2019 is over. With this geopolitical uh, uh, impact today, it's it's just a bump. Uh, you know, a couple of dollars a barrel uh, is really just uh, uh, speculation that perhaps the price of oil will go up. I was going to ask you, since the last time we saw involvement, uh, big involvement in the Middle East, uh, haven't things changed somewhat, though, in large part because of what has happened with the oil boom, the shale boom in Texas? It used to be that, uh, boy, everybody got really, really nervous when something happened in the Middle East because we were so reliant on, on that petroleum out of there. Has that changed? Many folks are operating under the false impression that the, the oil from the Permian makes us independent, and that's just a ridiculous notion. Hmm. Um, number one, the oil in the Permian uh, that's coming out, the, the 4 million barrels plus a day, is generally lighter crude, and that's a poor fit for the U.S. refineries. Um, the U.S. relies upon heavier crudes coming from uh, other nations, in particular Canada, which is um, uh, uh, good for us in terms of uh, supply, you know, interruptions in light oil supplies across the globe mean that the refinery operator in Tokyo can buy crude from the Permian just as easily as he could buy crude from the Middle East. And so uh, we're part of a world market. Any interruption in supply in the Middle East, uh, Africa, uh, Russia, um, uh, Venezuela, uh, Canada, it impacts 
all of us. What does the assassination of the Iranian general, what does it mean to the, uh, you know, the roughnecks out in the oil patch in West Texas or to the refineries along the Gulf Coast down there in Houston where you are? At the moment, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, this is a, um, uh, a non-oil event. It's certainly a, a military event. It's a, uh, a, a tremendous concern uh, for Iran, Iraq, um, and and essentially demonstrates a, a tremendous lack of control by the Iraqi government over what happens within its borders. What if the price of oil does bump up for a sustained period of time? Is this... Uh is this something that's seen as an opportunity by the industry here in Texas? No, it would have to be. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not unheard of uh, for, for the industry to be betting in this, this fashion. Ed, bottom line, am I going to be paying more for gasoline because of the assassination in Iraq? Well, it looks like for the next uh, week or two that price increase will get bumped along and passed along to uh, consumers in some way. Mm -hmm. And do you foresee that this uh, will continue to sort of uh, uh, inject some instability into the oil market uh, over this next year uh, that we're looking at here? You know, again, we're looking at the possibility of harsh revenge uh, being promised by Iran and, of course, no back down on this side either. Well, certainly if there's an escalation in the conflict, then that would... um, uh, endanger uh, oil supplies coming not just from Iran, but oil supplies coming from Iraq, uh, coming from Saudi Arabia, coming from Kuwait, uh, uh, from the United Arab Emirates. I mean, all of those oil supplies come through the Strait of Hormuz. Uh, a full-scale military conflict uh, would have a, a tremendous impact on the uh, supplies getting to the rest of the world, just not to the U.S., but to the rest of the world. And because we're part of the world oil market, you know, any impact there uh, will be felt directly in the uh, fields in West Texas. You teach about this. You've been in the industry. How closely are you going to be watching what's happening over there? I imagine you probably watch it more closely than most of us do anyway on a normal basis. Uh, I, well, I, I get my news the same way hmm. you guys do. Cable news, uh, radio, uh, Twitter. Uh, and, and the Yolitics podcast. We're the news guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Ed Hers, the energy fellow and a professor of energy economics at, uh, again, I'll give it a plug, my alma mater, the University of Houston. Go Cougs one more time. Ed, thanks for being on the line with us today. My pleasure. Ed had a good bottom line. Number one is we're going to be paying a little more for gasoline when you go fill up your car this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how long will it last? And that's the million-dollar question that our first guest, Derek, didn't know. No one knows. And Ed didn't know either. But I guarantee you people are watching that. Whether you have a 401K and you live out in the suburbs or whether you're down in Houston or out in the Permian Basin, you are watching to see what happens next. Yeah, my big takeaways here were, you know, for anybody out there who wants to get too cocky and say, well, we're producing our own oil here in Texas. We don't need to worry about the supplies coming from the Middle East. It's a whole different kind of oil. Turns I didn't out, know that. You have, we still need that oil from over there, so we can't get too adventurous, uh, you know, compared to what we used to do. Uh, and the other takeaway for me was, uh, I guess, a little bit reassuring, and uh, with Ed saying that this is not an oil situation yet. Not yet.
We'll keep I did, watching that. I didn't know about the Permian Basin, though, that it's, it's light crude out there. I didn't realize that the U.S. doesn't use as much of that. You know, we, yeah. we make, what, 80% of our oil, only import, what, 20% or so. Right. Uh, but I didn't realize that a lot of that is is exported. You know, the U.S. is now a net exporter of oil, and that's that's fascinating to me. So we do still rely on what happens in the Persian Gulf. Turns out the refineries here say, ship that somewhere else. We want the heavier stuff. But uh, thank goodness, uh, a lot of it is coming from Canada. Yeah, and if you're, you know, you play the stock market, uh, Derek had some fascinating advice. I, I'm, who, do, who isn't looking for a deal? The whole idea, too, of just leave it alone, it almost, it, it's it, it's hard to do. You almost need somebody to tie your hands behind your back because you have a tendency when things start to get real volatile to go, get in there and go, you know what, i got to protect my money. But he's saying... Leave it alone, especially if you're younger. You no, know? No, not only don't touch it, he said there's money to be made. Yeah. If the airline stocks go down, the defense stocks are impacted by this, or oil funds, th- there are opportunities out there for uh, folks who play the market as well, too. It's, it's all fa- in the timing. It, it, it is fascinating, uh, indeed. Well, it's obviously not Tuesday, but thanks to everybody for uh, joining us for this impromptu special episode of Yolitics. Just a little extra for you this week, but we will, of course, be dropping our next one next Tuesday right on We'll see you then.